today's episode of the Science and Spirituality Podcast, we have a special event for you. It is called Ignite Your Soul's Purpose. It is an event hosted by a colleague, a friend of mine, which this is Kevin speaking, if, you, if you're not familiar yet, or haven't listened to many of our episodes. But so um, friend of mine and colleague of mine, her name is Leora, and she created this event. It's a seven-day virtual retreat. So if you're listening to this when this episode came out, March 24th to the March 30th of 2023, she's hosting this event and it's virtual, it's online, it's free. And this episode you're about to listen to is actually the first of seven interviews that Leora does. And I'm actually a guest. I mean, that's why I'm posting it here on the podcast. And so this is the interview, but if you'd love to see the video of the interview, as well as to have a, get the free gift that I have available for my portion or my interview at this event, then you can click the link in the description of this episode to sign up so that you can get the free gift. You can watch the video of this interview, but then also learn from others, other experts, world experts around the world that Leora also interviews. And there are other interviews on past life regression, sound healing, hypnosis, EFT tapping, intuition, soul contracts, and many more that I know will support you and help you on your journey and living your soul's purpose. So this interview is, you'll see, it's her interviewing me, but we're posting this on the podcast here so that you can get introduced to her world as well as the interviews of other world experts in those different areas. So again, if you'd love to sign up for the full event, then click the link in the description of this episode. And I hope you enjoy this interview and the whole event. We'll talk soon. Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carton. And my name is Kevin Carton, and we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy to understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. Welcome, beautiful souls, to Ignite Your Soul Purpose. Today's special guest, what I'm very excited about, is Kevin Carton. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you so much, Leora. Thank you. Uh, so, Kevin, Kevin specializes in empowering people to discover and live a soul purpose. He began his journey by leaving uh, pharmacy school and stepping into a soul purpose to pursue his dreams. Now, after almost a decade of experience, Kevin is a speaker, a teacher, and a transformational life coach, which led him to being described as a young Bob Proctor and next to Tony Robbins. So no pressure there, Kevin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. And uh, Kevin shares his whittling side, inspiration, motivation, and wisdom along his brother, Chris Carton, on this amazing podcast called Science and Spirituality which now has over a million downloads. So this is quite an accomplishment. So congratulations on that, Kevin. Thank and you. Thank you for being here. And, uh, you know, you have helped, Kevin has helped many, many souls on their journey through his coaching programs and, and also through the different workshops that he's leading as well uh, throughout the year. So again, welcome, Kevin. And uh, anything else that you would like to tell the audience about you? 
No, I think you covered it pretty well in terms of at least like a quick <laughs> overview. We can dive in. I'm sure we'll get to more parts of my story throughout this interview. So thank you for Fantastic. having me here. Fantastic. So Kevin, I, I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about your journey in terms of, I know you that you, you know, you left pharmacy school and, you know, what prompted you to, to step into, truly into spirituality and becoming a transformational life coach and helping people on their journey? Sure. Well, I started out in pretty uh, mainstream personal development. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it, while I was in pharmacy school, before I even had this inkling to leave, like my intuition speaking to me to leave. I I got into a uh, network marketing company, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. I was wanting to share, or in other words, sell direct sales um, to offer these healthy energy drinks. And that 20 years old, that sounded amazing, and that I can earn my own money <laughs> on the side, um, which that never really panned out because it wasn't my true soul's purpose. But that did introduce me to personal development because in that industry, it's very common to work on yourself to develop yourself personally. And someone in that company recommended to read Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Mm -hmm. which if you're not familiar with that book, it's a classic in personal development written way back in 1937. And that book blew my mind. It really opened me up to possibilities in life and realizing that I'm way more than whatever condition that I'm facing, that I have way more potential within me. And at age 20, 21, that really sparked something within me. And I believe that that was a part of my soul's path because that started to get me more into spiritual thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't introduced really to like spirituality and like spiritual awakening until I met my mentor about, it was like maybe a year and a half later after I first started getting into personal development. And that's where I feel like I had kind of like an epiphany moment that um, I'm more than this human experience. And so we can go more into that, but that's ultimately what led me to leaving pharmacy because I did not feel aligned with that career path, especially because it was very mainstream uh, Western medicine. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize like I I was not in the correct path. Like I didn't want to help people in a way of treating symptoms rather than getting to the root cause of why someone might be having illness in the first place. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I, and I love that you mentioned also your mentor, because I feel that, you know, on the way to your soul purpose, you also need someone to guide you, right, along yes. the way. And someone who has gone through it, it can kind of see your blind spot and that you may not be aware of and uh, help you as well get faster on your journey. Um, do you want to take a talk a bit more about your, your mentor? And it's Mary Morrissey, if we, if we can mention her here, but kind of understand also for our audience how having a coach and a mentor helping you on your soul purpose is quite important as well on the journey. I'd be happy to. You hit the nail on the head saying that we all have blind spots because in our human experience, we have, I mean, we have a limited awareness. No matter how like aware you are, spiritually awake you are, we're still in this three-dimensional human experience and there are things that we don't know. And there are things that we don't know that we don't know. And there's this beautiful quote that illustrates this for me very well, is that it's hard to see the entire picture of your life when you're the one inside of that frame. It's impossible. And so it's extremely helpful to have support and and also to help you learn things you have not known along the path. So Mm -hmm. for me, absolutely. My mentor has been instrumental in my transformation and change. And 
I first started working with her back was now at the recording of this like eight, eight, almost nine years ago now. And it changed my life. It was literally right after I left pharmacy school and made that decision to not continue. And I didn't really know what was next. Like I thought maybe like that the network marketing direct sales would be like the career path for me, but it didn't end up being that. And I got into yoga, got trained as a yoga teacher as part of my path. And then okay. later on, like started working for my mentor's company. But all of this had come from the weekly support of just connecting with my mentor and helping me realize that the paradigms or the limited belief systems, the way I was thinking up until that point was just from my past patterning and was again limited because I didn't know what I didn't know. But so her help is just incredible. And I think it's important for all of us to have someone in our life mm-hmm. to see what we can't see and and not a friend or a family member, because that's different. Like my wife is extremely helpful in, in my own growth path, but yeah. sometimes she's too close even because we, we literally live together. Like we're, <laughs> we're very close together. And so it's sometimes we're both in the same kind of frame. And so having a third party, someone who is um, not a part of your, like your circle of influence that is like mm-hmm. with you every single day is really important so that they can help you see what maybe you or again, your friends or family can't see. Exactly. And also, I think that it's also good to have someone who can have, be more objective and also will not hold back. Right. Uh, right. I know when I have my my clients, um, sometimes I can be a little a bit tough, but you need you need that person who is there to push you and to be, again, a little bit tough with you, which uh, sometimes your friends or family, you know, may not want to to hurt your feelings, for example. But uh, yeah, this is why it's so important to have a coach and a mentor and this is what also has helped me on my soul purpose journey as well well where i am mm-hmm. so why some people who have not been so um into looking into their purpose or why they're here um why is it important to be on purpose like what what are the benefits of being on purpose <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to bring up uh, another quote. I, I find that I'm an intellectual, like a scientific mind. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of the, these like ideas or quotes that I feel has helped me on my journey. It's the first thing that popped up in my mind when you asked that question is a quote from Howard Thurman, who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor. Speaking mm-hmm. of mentors, he says or said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. And that has been inspiring me since the day I heard that, which I don't even remember exactly when, but it's probably early (laughs) on in my journey. But I think that's why it's so important is that you can live and and we all get the choice. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing about being in this human experience that we have free will. We don't have to go for our purpose. So it's actually okay. Like that's in a way liberating. You don't have to like feel an obligation to, or forced to, just because like, you know, so many other people are doing it. But mm-hmm. if you feel that calling, then the main benefit is actually that you're going to live a, an alive life. You're, you're actually going to be on an adventure or what is commonly termed as a hero's journey or a heroine's mm-hmm. journey. And that, that kind of way of living life, I think is the most, um, it's important for all of us because in, a, in our journey in this human experience, the whole purpose is for us to grow as a soul. And if we're not leaning in to our purpose, then things get boring. Like we just find like there's there's not like meaning in life. But mm-hmm. when we connect with our purpose, even if it seems crazy, because it often will. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, but 
you're then leaning into what feels like it's meaningful to you. And that there's a, there's a sense of aliveness that comes with that, that it's not just part of this human experience because yes, like we all want to be happy, joyful, again, feel like we're on purpose or having fulfillment in whatever we're doing. But I believe it's also connected with our spirit. And that's Mm -hmm. literally what life itself wants is not, it's not just like a human desire or a selfish thing. It's something that this spark of life, whatever you want to call it, God, source, spirit, the infinite, it's this pull to greater life Mm -hmm. that we all have within us. And literally it's, it's in everything in existence. We see that in this spiral of our universe or our galaxy that we live in. It's this spiral of becoming or expansion that's happening. And then all the way down to like the microcosm is our DNA is a spiral. It's this pull of becoming that's everywhere present. It's this spiral kind of pattern. And we even see that in in nature. It's like blades of grass literally will press through cement seeking greater life. And so to answer that question kind of like a broad or bigger way is that it's what's, you know, what's the benefit is that you'll be living in the flow of what life is meant to do with each and every one of us. Yeah. And I, and I love that you mentioned flow as well, because that's what I've, I don't know what you've observed in your own life, but I've noticed that the more I'm on purpose, the more things flow, right? It's like going over current of a river and all against the river. And uh, it's amazing the amount of synchronicities that start coming your way, the help that start coming your way from the universe. It's, it's actually really beautiful, which is also why uh, this event is also, is also about inner beauty, because the more so you're on purpose and the more inner beauty that you cultivate within you, the more you see so much beauty around you and life becomes beautiful, no matter what, what's going on in the world, which we know right now it could be quite tough. But even with that, there's so much beauty around us. It's just, uh, it's just amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's beautifully said. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So um, going further into your into the purpose. So I know on your because uh, I've looked and listened at some of your po- amazing podcasts that you have, and some and some of the sessions that you have is about soul tools. Uh, so it's kind of like your soul t- toolkit, basically per se. So can you go a little bit into that for the audience and some of the tools that they can be using on their soulful journey? I'd be happy to, and thank you for asking. I first want to introduce why I call them tools, because mm-hmm. in this path of living your purpose, living aligned with your soul, it can get quite uh, airy or uh, not really tangible sometimes. Uh, and honestly, I think there are parts of the journey that it needs to be that, like it, that it not always have to be like tangible or like that you can like grasp it in a way, because really living your purpose is outside of the intellectual mind. But personally for me, I think it's helpful to have some tangible things to uh, hang your hat on, so to say. Mm -hmm. And so tools, I call them tools because if you want to create or build a life that's aligned with your soul's purpose, tools are helpful. Just like if you want to build a dream home, there's some basic tools that you can use like a hammer, a saw, a drill, and then of course the materials like nails or wood that you work with. So that's why I call them tools. So the first tool... I mean, there's three that we can talk about today just for sake of time. But the first tool is for me, what opened me up to my own awareness that I'm more than this human experience. I'm more than what Kevin Carton thinks of as he is Kevin Carton. So, cause we all have this human experience where we have thoughts, emotions, and of course our physical body that we express ourselves through, but to get a deeper connection with who we really are, 
as a soul is extremely important so that we can direct this human experience to the place where we want to go. In other words, living our purpose. So the first soul tool is to notice what you're noticing. And this, it seems like often a non-tool because I think anyone who even signs up for this kind of workshop or this kind of uh, interview series, this event, uh, I imagine it will have some awareness that they're more than their human self, right? But how I found that getting ourselves trained, like our physical human experience trained to connect more and more with our soul self, like who we really are, then it becomes much more easy to live in alignment with our soul in this human experience. And so noticing what we're noticing is that doorway through to actually connect because most people just notice what's going on in their life. And that, that can get quite frustrating because if you are noticing what's going on in your life, noticing patterns, maybe certain habits that you feel are not serving you anymore, and you just feel stuck, that's very common for all of us. I think we've all at least experienced that at some point in our past, even or maybe experiencing that right now, that there are patterns that we feel held back by, whether we're aware of it, as in like we're noticing what thought pattern it is, or again, what physical habit that we keep, we're in like a loop of, um, or even emotionally, or it could be some deeper subconscious beliefs that we're not fully aware of yet. But most people stop at that first level of awareness is noticing because you can notice it. But when you take a further step back, you then connect with who you really are as a soul. And this, another way of putting this is that you're being the observer or as psychologists call this, they term it metacognition so that you're aware of what you are aware of. And that creates what I call space between the pattern in this human experience and who you really are so that you can then again, direct or choose the path that you're going to go down in the future. Cause it's not easy. Like, yeah. If we're only yeah. believing that there were this human self, then we can feel a lot of resistance to change because at, at a deep level, we, it seems like we're changing our, who we are just at that human level. So noticing what you're noticing creates that space so that you can make changes much more easily, much more quickly. Okay. And with that, and I, and I totally agree with that because that's something that I'm definitely doing in my life. Um, but it takes practice. It's a, it's like a muscle that you keep building as well. Exactly. Um, which then requires presence. And, you know, I tell my clients, you need to be present, which meditation teaches you that actually teaches you presence and teaches you to to take a step back and take a be more the observer do you have a besides meditation are there other ways that uh, people can give you more present to be in that state state of observing their life yes. versus just uh, absolutely yeah. it's a great question and i think it's important for all of us to ask ourselves that because you're right like meditation is a powerful tool but mm -hmm. that's like moments in time or like in the morning afternoon or night like it's like a time outside of your normal life. So personally for me, the other tool I use or the other way I access presence is through breath and not breath work. I mean, technically you can call it breath, breath work, but it's simply being focused or aware of the breathing that's going on within your body. And so personally for me, I, I breathe in slowly. Like if I ever notice that I'm like kind of scattered or not present in my body and not noticing what I'm noticing, I'll literally just take a deep breath and pause and work on pausing my mind and, and taking it away from maybe the tasks on hand or what's going to happen in the next hour or so and bring it within and just maybe sometimes I even put my hand in my heart so I can feel 
the breath and also the belly, because the more deeply you breathe, the more mm-hmm. presence that you access. So taking a deep breath, feeling our body fill up with air, and then slowly exhale out through our mouth so that we are accessing more of our parasympathetic nervous system or the relaxation response so that we're not in this hurry and go, go, go and focus on external, that we focus internal. And from there, then we can re-access that point of power within, which is our soul, like who we really are. Mm -hmm. So the breath is extremely powerful. And I'll say one final thing about that is that our breath, it brings us into the present moment because you can't breathe anywhere else. You can't breathe in the future and you can't breathe in the past. (laughs) It's impossible. The only place you can breathe is in the here and now. And so it's a simple thing, but as you practice that, it becomes kind of like an anchor to help you come back to this present moment. And the mind will try to, you know, take you away. But that's why I say, like, I put my mind on my breath and focus on how it feels to breathe. Totally. No, I love that. And uh, I was thinking also, as you were speaking about, you know, some, you know, I do that, of course, uh, in the morning, especially when usually when I wake up in the morning, but often I go to a park, Mm. sit on a bench, focus on my breath, but just also observe observe the leaves falling, you know, from the tree, observe the sun, the wind, and again, it brings presence, but then you also, it allows me to really catch things I usually I would not, never catch, uh, and just, uh, yeah, be more in tune with what's going on around me, but also be more presence, which is why it's so important to step take a step out sometime from our lives right because we're so busy getting up uh for some people as the kids it's you know step in the car going to work da, 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 and we, we just keep going 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 but don't we need to really stop sometimes and take some time go into nature uh, by yourself and take some time to really also observe in that way mm-hmm. which again builds a muscle definitely yeah all right so then uh, the second tool that you you mentioned as well Yes, let's get into it. So once we are in that state of noticing what we're noticing, we've created space, we at least to some degree are not feeling as held back or stuck by some limiting thoughts, beliefs, feelings, maybe habitual patterns of our life, then we want to give more awareness to the things that we don't like in our life, which is quite a paradox, because especially in the spiritual community, it's always focus on what you would love. What's the vision or where you'd love to go and to eliminate negativity. And on an on extreme scale, this can turn into po- toxic positivity. And that's not where we're going, which is why the second tool is notice your longing and notice your discontent. Because the only way we can make a change in our life is if we are aware of what we want to change. It's so basic, it seems so basic. But like you were saying before, Leora, that we don't often take time to be present or to be with ourselves or to, like you said, go into nature. Like we're so busy in our life. Well, Mm -hmm. that's a big reason why we're not actually accessing the power of our purpose because we're giving our attention to so many other things. And even, even when we come to the second soul tool, again, it can seem like a paradox because you don't want to focus on what's not working in your life. Mm -hmm. But these two signals, the longing and the discontent are literally signals from your soul. It's, it's where more life wants to express. Because as I was saying before, that spirit, the infinite, God, source, 
wants more to, or you can just call it life itself. It wants to express more by means of the channels through which life is happening. And we are a channel of that just as again, like a blade of grass or even an animal, like there's more life that wants to be expressed through anything. And so the place where that light comes through is our longing, our longings and our discontents. So quickly to define them, a longing is simply a desire of something that has not occurred yet in your life. Maybe you long to travel more. You long to make a difference in people's lives more. Like you know that there's something that is calling you. It, it, you can even call it a, a calling. Is that mm -hmm. longing, something that's sparking. Like that That was me when I left pharmacy. I didn't know exactly what my purpose was at that time. I just knew it wasn't pharmacy. And I followed that call. And over time, it took me some years, a few years to really get clear that my purpose is to be a coach and a speaker. And in other words, under it all is just a teacher. I am a teacher. I teach my clients. I teach people who come to my workshops. I teach, I mean, heck I'm teaching right now. Like yeah. it's just being a teacher, you know? So that, that came through in many different ways. Like I shared, I got trained as a yoga teacher. That was a part of my purpose, but it's not, it wasn't like the real core of it, but the mm -hmm. only way I navigated and discovered really my core purpose is through accessing the two signals, longings and discontents. So coming back to it, I know it went off on a tangent, but so the discontent. So I define the longing. Discontent is simply that any area of your life where you're not happy, or there are things that just feel off. If you feel maybe a constriction or a contraction in that area of life. Um, like for me, uh, before we started recording, recording we are, you mentioned uh, my wedding video that you watched. Yeah. Uh, I, I longed for having a, a partner in my life, a, a deep, meaningful soulmate relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, but so part of that was before I met my wife and started dating her, the discontent was oh, like the relationships I've been in, just they're not it. Like it just feels like just, it feels off in a way. Mm -hmm. And especially when I was not in a relationship, the, the discontent was a loneliness. So those are different ways of looking at the longing and the discontent. And when you start to become aware, like you're actually noticing the longings and noticing the discontents, then you're starting to notice the patterns in your life that you've lived out or you've given energy to up until now. Because the only way, again, you, you can change something is by being aware of it first. And that takes courage. Say so this is the final thing I'll say with this second soul tool. It takes courage to look at the longings, like honestly, and fully look at the longings and discontents because it's not fun. We don't like to acknowledge that. And at a subconscious level, many people are afraid or not wanting to look at that, those parts of their life because there's a part of them that doesn't, that doesn't feel like they can change. Like they just feel stuck. And so it's like, oh, what's the use? I'm just like, uh, kind of like sticking a finger in an, in an old wound. But while that could be true for many people, we have to look at those things in order to make a change. So we have to, it's, it's just a prerequisite to making a change and ultimately then again, accessing our purpose. Totally. I totally agree. And with that, would you recommend for someone, for example, for audience who's listening now, would you recommend for them to maybe sit down and start writing down those longings and discontent, or is it something they can, they can do through the help of a mentor or a coach? Uh, what, you know, how do you recommend for someone who would like to start on, on working on that? It's a great question. And you, mm -hmm. you hit the nail on the head. It's both really mm -hmm. like you can absolutely do this process on your own. Um, but I would recommend working with someone to do this because again, it's uncomfortable and yeah. chances are, if you tell yourself, yep, I'm going to take, you know, half an hour and 
really give myself space to write down all of my longings and discontents in my life, mm-hmm. there's going to be some resistance because <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> and so when someone's <laughs> holding you accountable, it's like, hey, you're going to do this this next week mm-hmm. and it's going to help you. And I'm going to check in with you on that when we talk again, then you're you're held accountable again. So uh, absolutely doing this with a mentor or some uh, a coach or someone that could support you is definitely helpful. But hey, if you feel like you could do it on your own, go mm-hmm. for it because you you absolutely can. Like because it really is a personal process. Like even if you work with someone, that that someone really can't tell you like really what your longings and discontents are because mm-hmm. it's it's unique to you or personal to you. But uh, it's the accountability piece for that. Yeah. No, totally. And, 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 you know, if, if someone was to do it on their own, you know, it's, it's like looking at the mirror of ourselves. It's also holding ourselves with love, right? Because at the yes. end of the day, um, all those were experiences to teach us and for us to grow and just to, to, to remember that, you know, at the end of the day, it was all a teaching experience and, and there's no blaming here, <laughs> which yep. is also what I tell my clients very often as well. It's just, uh, you know, hold yourself with love and just see how how you can take this for as part of, like you said, your toolkit to then help you go to the next stage into your sole purpose. Right. And Leora, I want to add to that, that you're just, it was brilliant to say that because that connects back to the first soul tool and why that's number one. Because mm-hmm. when you're noticing what you're noticing, that's from your soul self, like who you really are looking at your human experience, there's no judgment. It's like if we're really truly in that space of our soul and who we really are, there's it's, it's a place of love because in spirit, it's all love. And so it's, it's, um, can be difficult. I'll say it's not difficult down the line as you develop this skill, but Mm -hmm. it can be difficult to view your life, especially those things that you want to change and you feel maybe stuck by. And it's been for some time, uh, that could be judgment. So I'm glad you said that. And that goes right back to notice what you notice what you're noticing so that Mm -hmm. you're not feeling like you're attached or like stuck there. And it's not really who you are but you're just being aware of the patterns in your life. Exactly. Fantastic. And then, so to the third tool. (laughs) Yes, third one. This is where the rubber meets the road, I find. Because now that you're developing awareness in the first soul tool, you've taken that awareness and taken a look at your life at what's not working, longings and discontents. You're clear on the things you want to change from a place of knowing that you're more than those patterns. Now it's to lay down some new track because all life is patterns. Literally, that's, I mean, the basis of literally science is that there are patterns that we can study and look at and have a hypothesis about and then learn more about. Like that's the scientific side, but even spiritually, like it's, there's a pattern of creation. And uh, this is a complete side note, but um, if anyone's interested in the pattern of life from the spiritual sense, just do a quick Google search, look up the flower of life. That's the creation pattern of all things. I actually have it on my wall right, right here as a woodcut. Yeah. So that, that's the pattern of creation in, well, I mean, it's science too, but it's spiritual uh, kind of basis of the pattern of life. So we want to create a new pattern. It's like you're aware of the patterns that are not working, that are, you don't want in your life anymore. And now the third soul tool is to ask the question, what would I love to start to discover what that new pattern is? But that question is deceptively simple. My mentor, when she taught this question to me, she said, it's the most powerful question that she has ever come across in her mm-hmm. life. And she's in her seventies now. She's been studying transformation for almost, or actually I think it's over 50 years now. And so 
that that's given some weight to me that's like okay this question is is there's there's importance to this and here's why when we ask ourselves the question what would i love it bypasses the intellect and goes straight into our heart space that we can connect with who we're here to be and what we're here to do because the intellect will try to argue and think mm -hmm. like oh like is that possible? Could you do that? Are you worthy enough? Like, you don't have the experience. Like, so you should you like, oh, what are the, what are my friends and family going to say? Like, they're going to reject me. Like, so the mind starts spinning stories to take us away from our purpose, but there is a silent or at least soft knowing that we all have that's within our heart space. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not something that it's like worth, we have to think up a, a dream or think up what our purpose is. That's where a lot of people get stuck. They're trying to think like intellectualize the process is like, uh, what, what is my purpose? Which is not a bad question to ask, but it's, it's still working with the mind rather than the heart. Mm. So that question, what would I love? It goes right to the heart and it, go, it goes, at least cuts past or cuts away from the normal, usual intellectual way of looking at what should I do with my life or uh, what is my purpose? Because that's, that's common training that we all have or programming and it's not bad or it, it's just is what it is up until now. Like, especially in our Western society, uh, we're very intellectual. And so mm -hmm. the common questions come up as like, what should I do? Or what do I think I can do to live my life to, to the greatest possibility that I would love? Like it's, it's, it stops us to a degree because if we only work with the intellect, we only have our past experience to go off of or what we've seen from others. But guess what? That's not how our purpose comes through. In fact, my favorite example, because I, I love uh, flying or just aerodynamics and I'm uh, in training to get my pilot's license. And I, I love the story of the Wright brothers because it was a passion project for them to discover man-powered flight and not for the money, not for the fame, but for liberating humanity from the confines of earth or the gravity of earth so that we can have more freedom. That was their purpose. And they felt that it was from their heart. And guess what? It was never been done before. And so there's literally no possible way that they could have intellectualized their way to that end result, which I mean, heck, they had to use their intellect and there's yes. something to be said <laughs> about that. Like our brain is, it's not to, you know, completely disregard our brain and our intellect and our intelligence, which it's a powerful tool, but it's not our, it's not meant to be the, the master of our mm -hmm. life. The heart is meant to be that space where we're uh, giving it the full uh, presence. And then we use our intellect to help ourselves live our purpose. But it starts with that question, what would I love? And I, I can almost guarantee you, I don't know exactly, but those Wright brothers probably had that, that question, a version of that on their heart. Totally. And I love it because actually I've never heard it said that way. And as soon as you say, I mean, even when I close my eyes and say, what would I love? I go straight into the heart. Mm. It's just, and as soon as I say, what is my purpose? Right away, I go into my brain, right? And then it's, you start thinking about, okay, school and my parents and work. Whereas here, what would I love? It's just so expensive and so infinite and so authentic, if that makes sense. So 100%. I, love, I love I love that question. What would I love? And it reminded me actually of one of uh, uh, one of my teachers, a twin race, always say, "Feel with your, um, think with your heart, and feel with your mind." And it's just mm -hmm. you know it's a different way of 
the opposite way of what we've been taught to do and uh and just uh yeah just dropping into your heart so i love that you say what would you love because it's simple but so powerful so i'll yes. be doing it myself tonight actually awesome <laughs> thank you for this tool you're welcome <laughs> this is beautiful uh, so now these these are really really beautiful tools so if, if you can recap just because i know we went through through all the details but if you can recap all three of them in like one sentence sure yeah so the three basic soul tools to start with is mm -hmm. first notice what you're noticing so that you have more awareness and space between who you are and your patterns that have been in your life maybe up until now mm -hmm. second you go into noticing your longings and discontents to be aware of what you'd love to change and then you ask the question what would i love and you can even add what would i love instead if you notice especially the discontent because <laughs> that's something you really want to change whereas the longing can be right direct connected directly connected to what would i love so notice what you're noticing notice your wings and discontents and then ask the question what would i love and go beyond maybe the the conditioned way of thinking and feel into that answer perfect beautiful sleep beautiful sleep said <laughs> thank you thank you so much kevin and so <clears throat> one thing I, I would like to talk about lastly is the soul blueprint, uh, which is a beautiful tool also, if we want to call it a tool that you put together. So can you tell the audience a little bit about what the soul blueprint is? Absolutely. It's a 11 page guidebook that you can download for free that will walk you through these soul tools. <laughs> so it's a pretty straightforward way of seeing it, but uh, there's a couple other things that I add in there that can help create more space between the patterns in your life that you've had up until now and your soul. So you can get more connected with who you really are and then dream from that place. And then at the very end of the guidebook, which is, I think is the most important thing is to create your potentially first vision statement. Mm -hmm. It's similar to say a vision board that you may have heard of or done mm -hmm. yourself. Yep. It's not just pictures though, but you paint the pictures with your words in a written document so that it becomes an energetic blueprint for the life that you would love to live that's aligned with your soul. So there's a whole guide to go through that. Yeah. So almost, so would it, would you, would it be correct to say that almost like a mission statement, it's a sole purpose statement of who you. Yeah. In a way it's, it's a little bit more, uh, uh, what's the word for it? There's more space than just a mission statement. Cause usually a mm -hmm. mission statement is like a, uh, a sentence or a paragraph. Yep. A vision statement is where you're writing out what your life is like three years from now so that you're really okay. getting connected with what reality do you want to create? What kind of patterns does that show up as? And you're describing your life as if you were talking with someone three years from now and that you have like are updating them on your life. So it's literally a whole, I, I give a page to write out your vision statement in the the sole purpose blueprint. But okay. when I work with clients, like their, 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 uh, their vision statement is often a couple of pages to get clear on the specificity of that vision that aligns with your purpose. So it just, it's more, uh, maybe more expansive or there's more space to write okay. out uh, your, your vision. Okay. Fantastic. And this is a beautiful gift that you have for this audience as well that will be shared. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Awesome. So thank you. This is such a beautiful conversation and anything else you would like to add to the audience today, Kevin? The one thing I would end off with is we mm -hmm. touch on this a little bit, but I really believe this is the foundation of everything that I teach. And I think it's the foundation of life is that that life force within you, it's literally breathing you, it's beating your heart right now. Mm -hmm. That 
is life itself seeking to emerge more and more by means of you. So as you use these soul tools, just know that you're connecting with who you really are and connecting with your higher power. Call it God, call it spirit, call it source, the universe, whatever label you want. There is this life that is seeking to emerge by means of you. And so whatever you may feel stuck with up until now, just know that you're more than that. You may not feel that or really have a, a deep connection to that knowing yet, but as you, especially even being here, like Leora and the interviews that she's got, like you're right on track, just trust that you're in the right spot and that the next steps you'll take on your journey is, uh, will, will work for you as you're aligned with spirit. So you got this. <laughs> Thank you so much. And definitely the audience, I mean, you've done some beautiful work with many, many souls around the world. So if anyone would like to work with you, uh, they can go to your website to find out more information, kevincarton.com. Right? Yes. All right. And I'll be sharing that as well. But thank you so much, Kevin. That was uh, amazing. Thank you for your time. And uh, you're welcome. Blessings on your journey as well of becoming the next Tony Robbins. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And thank you so much, Leora. This is awesome. I felt uh, really blessed and honored to be here. Thank you so much. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.